Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. We're back. Uh-oh. Uh, no, we're not. Why not? I can't hear me or you on here. Oh, no. <laughs> we thought we were back. Uh, I guess I'm going to troubleshoot on the fly oh, here. Oh, okay. I can hear. You oh, can no, hear? I can't. Okay. Nope. No. No. Well, <laughs> at least I know what the issue is. Just let me know. Uh, you, can you hear? Oh, yep. yep. Um, should we restart? No. No. We're good. We're going to roll with it. <clears throat> okay. All right. So just to let everybody know behind the scenes, <laughs> Megan's, uh, so Megan's headphones don't quite connect to our headphone volume adjuster. I literally, as we were coming on, was turning my volume down and uh, I have a headphone extender for her set of headphones that I must have just nudged it just enough to make it so she couldn't hear. <laughs> so that's uh, just one of the many troubleshootings we've had here on Whiskey and Wonder. Woo! Whiskey Yay. and Wonder, we're back another week troubleshooting our technology <laughs> issues because it's been a struggle. It's, it's I, never ending. Yeah. I, um, I told Megan, obviously, that's Megan. I'm Tyler. We're Whiskey and Wonder. <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, t- together we are a podcast where every week we get together, we review whiskey, and we teach the other something that has made us uh, wonder. Um, yeah. Some, and some weeks we're better at technology than others. The thing that kills me is it just literally nothing changed. I don't even come in here and touch this damn computer sometimes. <laughs> and it craps out all over uh, you know, it some something in the computer changes. The, the demon, <laughs> the ghost in the machine. Yeah, the demon. Anyway, I I told you, uh, told you earlier, I'm gonna pour a little extra in my glass today <laughs> after all this. So, uh, all right, again, we are whiskey and wonder. Um, we're gonna jump right into the announcements, y'all. I don't know. Uh, we haven't looked at the polls. Shelby hasn't looked. But go vote. Go vote for our end of year special. Uh, we've got every, we've got a poll. It's on, uh, you can be, <laughs> you can find it at whiskeyandwonder.com. It's right on the homepage. It's just below the little about us description, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, basically, this poll has every whiskey we've drank in 2021 with the exception of a couple handful that we uh, just can't get again. Yep. Uh, there, there were just one-off things that we were lucky enough to try. Um, so essentially what we're asking everybody to do is go out and vote for the eight whiskeys that you want to see us do in a blind taste test. Um, we're going to do that for our end of year special, along with ranking our uh, top whiskey of the year. Um, so if you would go... Oh, Lord, I'm knocking cups over... If you would go vote um, for that, make sure you click eight different whiskeys. Yes. Uh, you can choose more than one. It, if you don't listen for the whiskey, then by all means, vote for the episodes you enjoyed the wonder segment in the most or yeah. something that you know we didn't like that you want us to have to drink again and go, <laughs> uh, you know, or something like that. Um, the poll is up. It will be up. For about three more weeks, it's going to close on December 12th. Uh, I don't, honestly, I don't remember what time I set it to close. I think it was like 5 p.m., maybe 8 p.m., somewhere in that range. I'll Eastern double, Standard Time. Yeah, Eastern Standard Time. I'll double check that at some point and get back to you guys. Um, I'm sure it's on previous episodes announcements. Um, other than that, uh, you can just check us out 
Check our website out, whiskeyandwonder.com, if you want to see anything that we've drank uh, over the past year and what episode it was in, what we rated it, if you want to see what we did uh, last year. All that can be found there. If you want a little information on whiskey, just all sorts of stuff you can find there. And we're uh, about to make a big, big, uh, take a big swing at the website here soon. Uh, now that the holidays are here, so a little bit extra time coming up. So uh, you can find us on Instagram at Whiskey Podcast. You can watch us on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash whiskey and wonder. I have a comment on that in a moment. Um, if you want to reach out to us for our mail time segment, tell us you love us, tell us you hate us, tell us do do this topic, so on and so forth. Get us at contact at whiskeyandwonder.com. Um, and if you want to donate, you can get us, you can donate at paypal.me slash whiskeyandwonder or patreon.com slash whiskeyandwonder. That is a mouthful. Yes. But we got there. Now, the thing I wanted to say about the YouTube is if you're on the YouTube, you see all these lovely paint stains that are all over. It looks like I've spilt food all over myself <laughs> on the camera. It is paint stains. I painted a room last week and I was wearing this shirt and got fed up. I kept sticking my damn hand in the paint on accident like a four-year-old and started wiping it on my shirt like a four-year-old. So I just kind of forgot about that uh, until I saw it just a few minutes ago. Um. To anybody that donates, uh, going back to the announcements, anybody that donates, we appreciate it. We couldn't do this without you. Thank you so much. Yep. You are huge help. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, we we really appreciate it. So on that note, um, we're going to dive on in. The open segment. All right. Hi. Hello. Hello. I have my hair done. I did. I got my hair did. She got her hairs cut yep. and she got her hairs dyed. Yep. All of them. All of them. Every single one. <laughs> um, those of you guys not on YouTube, I went back to a pixie cut um, and I'm rocking green and blue at the moment. So. Yeah. It looks. <clears throat> <laughs> Apparently, Tyler. Excuse me. It it makes me breathless. Um, it looks good. Thank so you. you're welcome. Uh, um, yeah, I'm recovering from last week. Good, good. I ended up Sunday night. Uh, just with everything going on, uh, we we would recorded the podcast, and I tried to stay as far away from Megan as possible. I hope you didn't end up getting I, sick. Nope, did not end up getting sick. Um, turns out it was just a cold. I know this because I ended up taking Monday off of work because I forgot I have, uh, I basically have to sign something every day saying that I don't have any symptoms of COVID. And I couldn't sign that because I had symptoms of COVID. I had a sore throat, a cough, and congestion and runny nose so but you went and got tested later that day i did i went and got tested later that day I actually got tested twice that day i scheduled a rapid test and then i have to get weekly tested at work so scheduled a pcr test that was already already scheduled for every monday so um yeah so both of those came back negative so i just had one hell of a cold that knocked my ass down monday and tuesday i am glad i did not pick that up yeah it was 
<clears throat> not a fun, not a fun couple days. Uh, I did enjoy not going to work, but a lot of time was spent asleep. So wasn't as fun as <laughs> just playing hooky. Um, but I am still, I still have a little bit of congestion in my throat and a tickle. And so you might hear me cough in the background. I'm going to try my hardest not to cough into the microphone again this week, but at least you don't have to watch me kind of try to dodge out of sight of the camera to blow my nose. <laughs> um, uh, well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Um, I appreciate it. I have severely a question mark injured my back today. Um, mm. <laughs> I guess I'm just getting older. I had my birthday Wednesday and today she's feeling it. Today I'm feeling it. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm sorry. My lower back. I don't know how it happened or what exactly I did. Um, but anyone who like follows my Instagram or anything knows my day job does. Uh, I am a dog trainer. I won't go anything more than that, but I'm a dog trainer. Um, and I was working with a dog earlier today and I like bent over and like held that position for probably two minutes. Mm. Um, and when I stood back up, I couldn't really stand back up. And so my lower back has been kind of locked up and hating me ever since. So it took me about 10 minutes to hobble my way out of my car and into Tyler's house. <laughs> oh, Lord. That is that is the worst. Last time I, I hurt my back, I literally was just bending over to put a piece of paper in essentially a, a recycling bin that was on the ground. And Man. it just, I felt it and I was like, Oh shit, here we go. <laughs> Sit down, do some stretches, catch it before it goes. <laughs> and I didn't. It sounds like you had a very similar experience to that today. Yep. So um I currently am trying to keep my back in one place as much as I can, and I hope you don't make me laugh a whole lot today because Every time I've laughed, it's just been excruciating. <laughs> well, that would explain why you sat over there in silence while I was cussing and troubleshooting everything. I, yes, I okay. was very much trying to gotcha. ignore you because it hurts. I, uh, well, I'll do what I can. I can't make any promises, though. Um, I guess on that note, nothing really... Nothing major happened uh, to me this week other than getting better, getting sick. Um, yeah. Um, had a couple good cigars, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't my birthday week, uh, so I, I had a few days off from work to celebrate. Um, you so turned a whole two. Nine. Two nine. Oh. Yeah. Well. Sad. Almost 30. <laughs> oh, God. I have I'm, a feeling I'm going to. I'm not looking forward to 30. Why? Uh, uh, honestly, I didn't think I would make it that far. Um, and it's just kind of daunting thinking about living past 30. Just wait till you're 60. And then you have <laughs> two 30s. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I am the complete opposite. I want to be so I want to be older. I want to I'm already the crotchety old man mentally. I just. Just give me all of it. Just, yeah, I, I'm ready for it. 
I'm ready to be old. I'm ready to not have to work to retire and to say whatever I want and not have any repercussions for it. I want to be old. (laughs) All right. But you do anything fun for your birthday? Uh, Other than just take some days off? uh, Houston took me to the melting pot, which is very exciting. Um, Expensive experience that we don't get to do a whole lot. So that was like the highlight of my week. That was awesome. Nice. I've never been there. It is so much fun. Yeah? Yeah. Amazing. Favorite restaurant experience by far. Interesting. Well, I'll have to... You and Shelby should go. We'll have to see. I'm I'm in uh, money. Money's tight just with all the trips coming up. So yeah, holidays, trips, it's all hitting right here at once. So hey. I'm I'm just trying not to spend too much. I actually owe Shelby uh, some cash right now for something she got yesterday. Uh, speaking of, interestingly enough, so I know you're a big fan of Dan, and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So. Um, I think he's coming back he is. this way. Yes. I don't know when, but it got me, uh, like I, I'm also a fan, but I'm not, I don't think I'm a fan to where I would necessarily go oh, I'll, and I'll, pay for it. I'll go. Yeah. I, I know. Cause I know you've been there before. Yeah. Um, or you've been to see him before, but I have found that my, I've never been one that's been super huge into comedy. Like I would enjoy watching it on TV occasionally but i like i was like i'm not gonna go pay for this and i just found out that a comic i really liked is doing a last tour and he's gonna be here january 7th and so i kind of had just thought about it a little bit uh, and i this is gonna might rub some people the wrong way i don't know but i was listening to the joe rogan podcast and he was on there and it i was just like this guy's funny he's says he's going to retire after this tour. Like this is the last time I ever get to see him. Who is it? Ron White. Oh, wow. I love Ron White. (laughs) He is. If again, I want to be that crotchety old man that smokes cigars and drinks whiskey and says whatever I want, which is what Ron White is. That is exactly (laughs) what Ron White is. Um, so yeah, Shelby was, uh, I brought it up to her and she's like, Oh, we're going for your birthday. Oh, and so, uh, the tickets were a little more than I, expected plus they had a goddamn fifty dollar premium buy online thing service fee yeah bullshit ass service fee yep um but anyway so i'm gonna pay her she doesn't know it yet but i'm sure that's gonna be an argument that i don't want to be a part of yeah well i'll just leave cash somewhere she'll find it later oh (laughs) i found a hundred (laughs) dollars you know there we go Anyway, so I'm excited about that. I figure you're probably going to go see Dan, too, when he comes. Uh, yeah, I definitely want... W- I will see Dan when he comes, for sure. When um, it, do you know when the date is? Um, I'm mixing up this tour and 2020, because he was supposed to come in August of 2020, mm-hmm. and obviously that didn't happen. Um, see if I can find it real quick. I can't remember what what he's rescheduled to... Now, I can't remember if it's March or I don't know. Do you know where he's going? Um, oh, he's going to the comedy zone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Spring 2020? Probably March. No, 20, 2022. Yeah. March 24th, 25th, and 26th, 2022. Yep. So I definitely will be at one of those shows. Nice. 
All right. Well, we got our comedy comedy lined up. Lined up so that'll be fun. I think I've I, I was like I said, legitimately thinking about it, and I think I would have to call Ron White my favorite comedian. So it's um that was kind of what made me realize I, I think I want to go to this show. So yeah, especially it being his last one. So seeing comedy in person is different than watching it on TV. It's just a different experience, in my opinion. So I've had a couple experience. I I agree with that. Um, I've had a couple experiences. The brewery I work at has hosted a couple local comedy shows, um, and I've been. They've done three, and I've either through working or just going on nights I was off. I've been to all three of them, and actually one was last night. Um, I've seen some really good comedians, and I've seen some really bad ones. Oh, yeah. Um, That's what happens when you get into local. Yeah, of course. Mike Nights. I will admit, and, and this is something that Shelby and I kind of we're talking about a little bit and I, I just kind of mentioned it that I feel like the last night was the worst of the three I've been to. I'm not saying it's bad by any means, but it was the worst of the three. It just, it wasn't, didn't hit on much. Um, And I, I'm not just saying that for me personally, like it just didn't hit on much with the crowd. Mm. It wasn't like the crowd wasn't rocking and rolling. And you know, it just, it seemed like it was, there were, there were five comedians really, four and a half, because the lady that hosts it, she tells some jokes, but you know, yeah, she's, she's the promoter. Um, it seemed like it was the same act over and over and over, but yeah. done differently, which I feel like looking back at the other two shows, it, it they were as well. And I just, it's, I don't know how, I, I, I don't know. I guess that's why it's local comedians, I guess. Maybe they're working on their material, but it was just all the same thing. They were all riffing on themselves and that was mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It wasn't anything other than, so, yeah, it wasn't creative. Yeah. I guess. Like it was literally the same act, like except the difference was, you know, you had a lady riffing on herself, then you had a lesbian riffing on herself and then you had a black dude riffing on himself and a white dude riffing on himself. And it's just like, well, like I, everything's different, but you're all just kind of self-depreciating. Yeah. Self-depreciate. Exactly. And I, I don't know. It just change it up for me. Give yeah. me something. Give me something. And, and one, one of the guys did a story. He told a story about, um, something that happened when he was in college, whether or not it was real or not, who knows it's comedy, but that killed, it was hilarious because it wasn't the self. Yeah. You know, De- self depreciating, depreciating. I wanted to say depreciating, <laughs> but that's, that's the geologist wanted to say deposition. But anyway, uh, that was my takeaway from that. Like I said, the second one we went to, I don't remember, uh, what exactly made it so funny, but it was, it was easily the best of the three. So, and I actually think I worked that night. So maybe it's because I knew I was knew I was making money. Yeah, you're getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> um 
I guess on that note, we kind of got a little carried away there. We did. We'll uh, we'll go ahead and jump into what we're drinking today when I find the bottle. Opening the bottle. I said bottle. I meant to say button. You said... <laughs> this isn't helping my back. You I'm said sorry. buttle. <laughs> I did kind of say butthole. I didn't really... I thought you were yawning. I didn't realize you were... Uh... I'm trying not to laugh. It hurts so bad. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, I'm okay. <laughs> um... I just I, I just want to point out, if you're, if you're on YouTube, it, you, can, you can see I've not held this bottle near my nose. Anybody that's not on YouTube, go check it out. I'm holding it a solid foot and a half away from me. I can smell it already. Interesting. Um, we are drinking Noble Oak Double Oak bourbon whiskey today. Um, so this is a, um, oh my God, nothing is loading. Uh-oh. This is a uh, whiskey company. They're not a distillery. They actually, um, I guess, rent out their distilling from a company called um, Brain Brew. Uh, Brain Brew distills their whiskey, but um, All right. Noble Oak is the company. Um, they are on a mission to re- revitalize the earth by planting trees, building communities, and of course, enjoying great whiskey. For every bottle that's purchased, the company plants a tree, um, which is pretty neat. The um, Yeah, if you look on the bottle, there's a giant tree. There is, it's I'm a, holding it up on YouTube. It's an oak tree. Did you know that? Because it's, <laughs> oh, he sneezed. I did. I did sneeze. I would have guessed oak tree just based off the shape. Sorry if that sneeze came through the That's microphone. Okay. Uh, I also know it's an oak tree because the company is called Noble Oak. Uh. Um. So for th- they've been uh, a company now for three years, um, and they have partnered with One Tree Planted. Um, and they have successfully planted uh, trees from Redwood Forest in California to Detroit, Michigan, to the Finger Lakes in New York, and everywhere in between. Um, so that that's pretty exciting that they're a, a like hippie company, for lack of a better term. They're trying to leave the earth a little bit better than than they uh, found it. Uh, just on like. Just to make put this out there, because you called it a hippie company. You know that most like power companies that people think of are terrible plant more trees than they cut down. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, they have to plant like two or three trees for every tree they cut down. So, you know, I I just feel like they get a bad rep for like they are trying to do some good. You know what? What's the saying? Believe. Um believe half of what you see and none of what you hear is that i don't believe anything that i don't see with my own damn eyes there's some sort of saying yeah um, believe nothing you hear and only half of what you see some yeah something, something like, like that. that um i will say i took one little whiff of this and then immediately sneezed twice so take that how you will <laughs> um um i've not sneezed at all um Surprisingly, uh, this smells very oaky 
to me. Um, oak and maybe cherry. That um, was the smell that I noticed was cherry. Okay, that's. I'm gonna go with oak and cherry. I'm not. It's not very burn your nose hairs. No, not at all. Um, very nice amber color. Okay, let, let's see here. What are we supposed to be smelling? It is um, ninety proof for anybody that's curious too. I think that's something we should start saying on here. Oh, the proof of it. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, I, I just just because I was kind of in the middle of sneezing and blowing my nose there, I didn't. I I really smell cherry. Um. Maybe a dab of oak. Maybe. Um, Yeah, I kind of want to say there's another something hidden in there, something subtle, like maybe a caramel, sea salt caramel or something. Okay. Uh, we are supposed to be smelling notes of honey and ripe cherries. Um, so I, I'd say we're pretty on the nose thus far. Um, have you had a sip of it yet to see where to kind of go from there? Well, so one thing, uh, and I don't know if you mentioned this, this is Burbis, Burbis. <laughs> I just can't talk today, guys. And I want you to know it's my day to present, so it's just going to be fun as shit. Um, this is bourbon whiskey finished with cherry oak staves. So it is definitely, it's not cherry casked, but it has that sherry flavor to it. Uh, I took a sip and basically tasted uh, cherry and oak. Uh, yeah. And I, that was it. I got blasted with a cherry mm -hmm. um, flavor almost almost to the point where I was kind of like because um, I can't I can't handle like cherry flavored medicines like cough drops, cough syrup, anything cherry flavor just like makes me ill. But didn't you, didn't we have a Sherry at cask. One. Cherry. Yeah, I know. Didn't we have a sherry cask that tasted like cherry not that long ago? Because I yeah. thought all I could taste, I rated it low and you rated it high. So because all I could taste was cough medicine. There, in my opinion, there's a difference between like an artificial cherry flavor and a cherry cherry flavor. So. Interesting. With the last one, I know what one you're talking about. I got like an actual like Rainier cherry flavor not a interesting um not like a maraschino cherry flavor um it tasted like robitussin to me and this doesn't interestingly uh, enough and, and i only really gave myself one sip to base everything i just said on um it was just that initial cherry kind of hit me the wrong way so i'm gonna have to yeah. taste it again and see um maybe if i'm i was a little quick well to judge. no I, I, I can see I can see a little bit of a Robitussin taste in this one too. It's not as overwhelming as the last one. Um, I I think I, honestly I think Robitussin has pretty much ruined cherry for me. Yeah, I'd say Hall's cough drops ruined well, and everything else cherry medicine in my childhood ruined cherry flavors for me. Yeah. Um. I. I have I. 
that whiskey you're talking about, um, that I rated high, you rated a low, I had last night. Um, so I know I still like that one. And this one is way more cough medicine tasting to me. It's uh, the finish, especially like the, the late, the late mid early finish is just pure like cherry medicine. I'm actually salivating pretty hard because I think my body is like trying to get rid of that taste. Um, and th- that's kind of burning away everything else for me. It's it's going to take me a minute to appreciate this this one, I think, because um, I just keep getting that that cough syrup. Well, we'll keep on keeping on with it. See what we think at the end. Oh, we are supposed to be tasting. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Duh. Hints of vanilla, warm spices, dried fruits, um, finishing, finished with lingering flavors of wood and cherry. So, yeah. Well, I got the wood and cherry, but Oak nothing cherry. else. Yep, that's all I, I've gotten to is just wood and cherry. Well, all right then. Now it's time for us to move right on. It's time for the wonder segment. All right. All right. All right. All right. It's my turn. And this topic today was an enjoyable one. Honestly, I thought it was a originally a trivia with Tyler, Um, but I went back and looked through uh, all my trivia with Tyler's. I did not see it in there. So it is just a trivia fact that I knew in my head. Um. It took me uh, quite a while to figure out how to make this an episode. Okay. Because like I said, it was more of a trivia with Tyler and how to get this to fit uh, a full wonder segment. So without any further ado, today we're going to dive into the remarkable story of Violet Jessup. Why is that name familiar? Because you've heard it before. Okay. You've heard it on a podcast. I guarantee it. Okay. <laughs> she is a survivor of the Titanic shipwreck. Oh. Why choose this specific passenger out of all the Titan all the passengers who survived the Titanic? Because Violet Jessup not only survived the sinking of the Titanic, but also the wreck or the sinking of both of the sister ships, His Majesty's Hospital Ship Britannic and Royal Majesty's Ship Olympic. She's earned multiple nicknames, including Miss Unsinkable, and the Queen of Sinking Ships. And before we get too far into the episode, I don't know what you're looking up over there, but don't look up too much. I'm deleting her from my Wonder Segment ideas. Oh, (laughs) I beat her to it. You Uh, did. Before you get too far and don't Google anything because there's a surprise at the end of the episode. Okay. Or at the end of the Wonder Segment. Okay. All right. Born in Bahia Blanca, Argentina, on October 2nd, 1887, Violet was the eldest daughter of Irish immigrants William and Catherine Jessup. Her parents would go on to have nine other children, six of which would survive. Naturally, being the oldest of six and it being the late 1800s, Violet spent a good amount of her time as a child caring for her younger siblings. That was until she became very ill with what's now assumed to be tuberculosis. Doctors actually predicted that she would die from the illness, but 
This woman obviously was a survivor, and she survived that. Her father, William, died when she was 16, and soon after the family decided to return to Britain, where her mother began working for the Royal Mail Line, which was a shipping company, and Violet attended school. However, soon her mother's health began to deteriorate, and Violet was forced to leave school to help support the family. So, Violet took a job working as a stewardess for the Royal Mail Line Shipping Company as well. Uh, She was stationed aboard the Orinoco in 1908. Within a few years, she had jumped ship, pun completely intended, to the White Star Lines and began working routes throughout the northern Atlantic. So, let's take a minute. Talk about the White Star Line and how it came about. And I, I think this is interesting, but I don't think I put what I think is interesting in here. <laughs> that tells you how good I am at this. Um, so the White Star Line that we'll be talking about was originally created from the remains of a failing packet company, which is an essentially an, a term for early shipping companies. Uh, and the original company was called the White Star Line. Um, Thomas Ismay, who was a director of a different shipping line called the National Line, bought the failing company and quickly turned it around. What I thought is interesting is the company was always publicly known as the White Star Line, but it, he actually named the company something completely different that I don't remember. Something about the Oceanic Steam something company. I'll look it up here before we're finished. Um, I forgot to include it in here because I couldn't find a good way to word it. Uh, so a wealthy Liverpool merchant named Gustave Schwabe and his nephew, Gustave Wolf. Apparently Gustave was a popular name at this time. Uh, Gustave Wolf, a shipbuilder, approached Ismay during a billiards game. Schwabe offered Schwab? Schwabe? It's probably just Schwab. Schwab is British. Schwab offered to finance Ismay's uh, new line as long as the partnership with Harlan and Wolf to build all of the ships. As long as they partnered with with Harlan and Wolf to build all of the ships for the White Star Line. And so a partnership was born, and Harlan Wolf Harlan and Wolf agreed not to build ships for any of White Star's competition in agreement as part of the agreement. White Star shipped goods and people and sometimes both together. Unlike its competitors, the priority was placed on luxury and not speed. Like me, I'm built for comfort, not speed. (laughs) As the fleet grew, multiple routes were attempted, including several routes to India, South America, even one from San Francisco to Hong Kong. Um, over the next several decades, White Star continued to grow and improve its fleet, um, allowing it to expand these routes. But several of these routes proved to not be profitable, so they were abandoned, left to other uh, shipping lines to handle. Um, in June of 1911, the Olympic-class ships were introduced, with the first being the olympic the Olympic-class ocean liners were obviously made by Harland and Wolf, 
and were designed to be the largest and most luxurious passenger ships in the world. This would hopefully give White Star an advantage in the transatlantic passenger industry. These ships were also considered unsinkable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Originally, three ships were produced. Mm-hmm. The Olympic, Titanic, and Britannic. As I mentioned earlier, all three ships would go on to be involved in a wreck of some sort. <laughs> uh, moral of the story, don't call your ship unsinkable. because or it's going to sink. Then, yep. Um, all right, I'm, I'm into it so far. Oh. oh, that one burned when it went down. Uh, these Olympic class liners were all designed by Thomas Andrews and Alexander Carlisle, I think. It's got an S in there, but I'm pretty sure it's Carlisle. <laughs> Each ship used 29 coal-fired steam boilers to generate power. They featured nine decks, seven, and one source even said eight, of which were accessible to passengers. First-class passengers enjoyed a restaurant with a separate dining saloon, so essentially two places to eat. Apparently, that's high cotton in 1911. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, they had a gymnasium, several lounges, smoking rooms, reading and writing rooms, a swimming pool, and a Turkish bath. What is a Turkish bath? What is? Yeah. A you Turkish know? bath? I don't, but I can look it up. I would I get I would assume it's like a hot tub. That's, that's what I'm thinking that's it what is. I'm assuming, but I don't want to assume wrong. Um Uh of course there's a billion things. But uh <laughs> First Turkish bath, they're all the way back to the 14th century during the Ottoman Empire's vast reign of the Middle East and Europe. Inspired by Roman practicing and bathing, Turkish baths were a source of both community gathering and hygiene maintenance. With indoor plumbing not coming into existence for another few hundred years, communal baths were designed to be a focal point in city centers accessible everywhere. This doesn't say what it is. It just says how it came to be and what to wear. All right. I'm going to, it's either like a hot tub or like a, I'm now thinking more of like a Japanese uh, communal, like, Bathhouse. That's what I'm thinking it is, yeah. Your bathhouse, yeah. Um, If I was better at this by now. Um, Most first-class rooms were large and luxurious, and many had their own bathroom, which was uncommon at the time. Second-class passengers enjoyed many of their own luxuries, including a smoking room, a library, dining, uh, a large dining area, uh, an elevator, and on the Britannic, they even had a gymnasium as well. Ooh. Third class passengers, on the other hand, they just weren't privy to nearly the amount of luxury that first and second class were. But third class amenities on these ships are said to have been the equivalent to second and in some cases even first class amenities on other ships. So third class members typically would sleep in cabins instead of dormitories. Um, And these cabins would have two to ten bunks. They also had a smoking room, common area, and a large dining room. So if you were riding third class on one of these Olympic class ships, you were basically riding second class. It's the equivalent of riding second class on anyone else, uh, anybody else's. Um, each class had their own saloon, like a dining saloon, not a old Western saloon. You can't mix with the riffraff. 
Yeah. Keep those third-class passengers yeah. where they belong. Classism. Uh, these were the first British ships that contained a restaurant separate from the dining saloon. And London restaurateur Luigi Gotti and his entire staff would all perish during the sinking of the Titanic. Oof. That's shit. You work in a restaurant the whole time and end up dying on a ship. That's awful. Uh, the Olympic was the first of the three ships to launch with her maiden voyage coming on June 14th, 1911. And was also, unlike the other two, the only ship that had a long career. The Olympic sailed for 24 years, finally being retired in 1935 and sold for scrap. It served as a troop transport during World War I after being kept in port for six months due to the threat of German U-boats in the northern Atlantic and the lack of fares to America. So let's get back to Violet here. On September 20th, 1911, the Olympic, which was on her fifth voyage, was running parallel to His Majesty's ship, or Her Majesty's ship. I don't remember if it was a king or a queen at that point. Anyway, the ship The Hawk which was a British naval cruiser. They were running through a strait between Great Britain and the Isle of Wight. And that's W-I-G-H-T. I've never heard of that until today. Um, The Olympic turned right, and the wide radius of the turn took the commander of the Hawk by surprise, and he wasn't able to maneuver the ship quickly enough to avoid the Olympic. The Hawk was actually designed to sink other ships by ramming them. Oh. (laughs) So. (laughs) We know who the winner of that was. Yes. Uh, Naturally, the bow had been reinforced, or the front. I think that's the bow. I should have looked that up. The front had been reinforced. So when they collided, it did major damage to the Olympic. Uh, Naturally, as with anything involving the government... There, were fing- there was finger pointing, and the Royal Navy blamed the Olympic. The Olympic blamed the Royal Navy. Uh, the Navy stated that the large displacement of water generated by the turn created suction that pulled the hawk into its side. After a lengthy legal battle, the blame was placed on White Star. Despite it being controlled, despite the ship being controlled, by the harbor pilot at the time of the incident. So their captain wasn't even driving the ship. Oh, that's... And kinda, they still got fucked. That's pretty shitty, actually. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of got fair. screwed in that one. Well, welcome to the government. <laughs> um, That's actually quite some bullshit. Okay. Yeah, it is. I, I was a little outraged when I read that. Um, The fact that the Olympic didn't sink from this incident furthered the belief that these ships couldn't sink. Mm-mm. It took two weeks before the Olympic was patched up enough that it could essentially limp home to its home port in Belfast uh, in order to get permanent repairs. The permanent repairs took over six weeks to complete. And in order to speed up the repairs, Harlan and Wolf replaced a damaged propeller with one from the incomplete Titanic, which delayed its completion. On November 20th, 1911, the repairs were finally completed, and the Olympic was back in service. 
Interestingly, a second issue occurred with the propeller where it fell off while returning from New York. It just fell off. It just right at the bottom of the ocean, I guess. Okay. Um, and yet again, they scrapped parts from the Titanic to make that repair, which delayed the Titanic another three weeks. It's almost like that ship was just meant to sink. As for what happened on the Britannic, Violet never really commented on it. She chose to leave it. uh, She never really commented on it because she chose to leave it out of her memoirs. Uh, She would work on the Olympic. Oh, I said the Britannic. I meant to say the Olympic there. Uh, So as for what happened while she was on the Olympic when it rammed uh, the Hawk or the Hawk rammed it, she didn't comment on that. She probably had a... NDA. Did they have NDAs back then? Or not NDA. Um, I don't know. What am I trying? Uh, like, uh, uh, you you can't talk about this. Um, yeah, that's order. an NDA. That is an NDA? Well, that's a non-disclosure agreement. Okay. So, so yeah, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, so she, she never really commented on it. Um, she would go on to work on the Olympic until April of 1912 when she transferred to the Titanic. Violet actually claims that she was quite happy on the Olympic and originally didn't want to transfer to the Titanic, but she was persuaded by some friends who thought that switching to the Titanic would be a, quote, wonderful experience, end (laughs) quote. (laughs) So. Little did they know. Dun, dun, dun. Famous last words. Um, We all know the story of the Titanic. April 15th, 1912, on its maiden voyage, it struck an iceberg and it slowly sank, killing more than 1,500 people. I'm not going to get into that too much more than that here. This was a disaster waiting to happen. The lifeboards on bo- uh, the lifeboats on board were only able to support about half of the passengers that were on board. And thankfully, the ship wasn't full because if it had been full, it would have only been able to support a third mm. of the people. The crew wasn't trained to handle an emergency like this and uh, launched many of, the, many of the lifeboats when they were half full because they weren't sure how many people it could support. So they said, well, we better just launch yeah, them off I'm instead of... Instead of cr- cramming as much people as you can on there, man. Yeah. Pack them in like sardines. Um, the waters of the Atlantic were around 28 degrees that night. Oof. And sudden immersion into freezing water typically causes cardiac arrest. Within uh, a few minutes. Been there, done that. Not fun. Zero out of ten. Despite the lifeboats being able to hold around 500 more people, only five people were helped into a lifeboat after they were floating in the water. Mm, That's it? Yeah. So pretty much the people in the lifeboats were like, nah, we don't need you. We're good. Wow. I thought that was just kind of dramatic. Dramaticized for the movie, but uh, right, I really didn't help anyone, huh? Nope. Okay. Uh, and uh, spoiler alert for something I'm gonna say later: I have not seen the movie. I Big swear. shocker. I, I just I can't allow myself to be shocked at movies. You aren't. Shelby started to watch it the other night, and uh, one of the nights I was sick, and I was I was having my head was hurting, and the light I was trying to sleep, and the light was really bothering me, and so she got about 15 minutes in. And I just was like, I gotta, I, I'm gonna go lay down, Aww. and went to bed. And besides, it's 
three hours and 15 minutes long. Anyway, um, the women and children first protocol was generally followed with most men and crew remaining on the ship as it went down. Violet notes that the night of the 15th, that on the night of the 15th, she was in her bunk, quote, comfortably drowsy, but not quite asleep when the ship hit the iceberg. She and the other stewardesses were ordered to the deck where she saw passengers, quote, calmly strolling about. Violet says that after a brief time, an officer ordered them into the lifeboats in order to show other women who were, quote, clanging, clinging to their husbands that it was safe. Just as the boat was being lowered, the same officer called out to Violet and handed her a bundle and said, Here, Miss Jessup, look after this baby. After eight hours, Violet and the others in her lifeboat were rescued by the Carpathia. Violet notes, quote, I was still clutching the baby against my hard cork life belt I was wearing when, I, when a woman leaped at me and grabbed the baby and rushed off with it. It appeared that she put it back down on the deck of the Titanic while she went off to fetch something. And when she came back, the baby had gone. I was too frozen and numb to think it strange that this woman had not stopped to say thank you. Uh, in, in quote. What? So she literally just came. Give that baby, bitch. <laughs> you fucking steal my baby. Oh. But we don't even know if that was actually her baby. <clears throat> that could have been just a crazy lady who wanted a baby. It could have been. Maybe we'll find out. Oh, shit. Okay. Maybe we won't. <laughs> if you want to know more about the actual Titanic sinking... I'd suggest checking out the movie by James Cannon, uh, James Cameron, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. I've never seen it, but I assume it's a pretty awesome biography. Why else would they make a three hour and 15 minute movie about the Titanic? It actually is a very good movie. Um, I will just shout that out there. Um, whether it is super, it's a very accurate biopic. I don't know. Um, that was 100% sarcasm. Oh, well, be more sarcastic in your tone. I'm sorry. Slash S. <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, Britannic, the third of the Olympic class liners, was completed December 12th, 1915, and was put into service almost immediately by the British Navy. Who, as I mentioned earlier, requisitioned passenger, passenger ships for military service during World War I. Britannic was repainted and named to HMHS, or His Majesty's Hospital Ship, Britannic. Or Her Majesty's. I don't remember. The Majesty's ship. Yeah. Majesty's Hospital Ship. Um, the ship hosted 101 nurses... 336 non-commissioned officers, 52 commissioned officers, and a crew of 675 people. One of these 675 is our Violet. Britannic's mission was to bring home sick and wounded soldiers, along with several other passenger liners, one of which was the Olympic that had been uh, requisitioned by the Navy. After three voyages... Britannic ended its military service on June the 1916, 
Apparently, I forgot to put the day in there. So June of 1916. <laughs> uh, and it returned to Belfast, where it would be remodified back into a passenger liner. This process was scheduled to take several months before it would be completed. And before it could be completed, the Britannic was called back into naval service yet again to be another hospital ship. Uh Britannic would go on to make five successful voyages during World War I. However, on November 21st, 1916, at 8.12, and I couldn't find whether that was a.m. or p.m. In any it's, source, they'd just call it 8.12. Then it's a.m. It's got to be a.m. Yeah, otherwise they would, they would, they would do... say 20.12. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. So at 8.12, I'm assuming a.m., at uh, near the entrance to the Kaya Channel, the Britannic struck a mine and began quickly taking on water. The force of the explosion was so intense that it snapped the antenna, it snapped the antenna wires used for receiving transmissions. This meant that when the Britannic sent out its distress, this meant that when the Britannic sent out its distress signals, it never received any replies However, there were two ships in the area that did receive the distress signal. Uh, As the ship began to roll on its side, the captain ordered the lifeboats be readied, but not lowered. He attempted to use the propeller that was still in the water to get the ship closer to the island nearby. But, sadly, some of the crew thought the ship was about to capsize and decided to launch their lifeboats anyway without permission. Mm. Since the captain still had a propeller going, the two ships that were launched ultimately were sucked into the propeller and, and destroyed. Everyone on that died. And everyone on board was killed. The captain was able to stop the other propeller uh, before the other before any other lifeboats were launched. The captain stayed aboard the ship overseeing the evacuation and attempting to beach the ship until the water reached the bridge when he and the assistant commander then calmly swam to a lifeboat where they continued to oversee the rescue operations. Sounds like he was an OG. Sounds like it. That captain went down with his ship. I've, I never really thought about it until today, but it like he went down with the ship. I always thought that meant you'd like died. If the ship went down, but he just went down to the he water. He went down with it. With and, it, then and then he's he like, well, away. I'm not done with life. Yeah. So <laughs> I never really thought about it like that. Yeah, so I didn't I, either. I think I'd be that captain. Oh, I'm going to w- go down to the water level and then I'm going to take my chances. If I get ate by a shark or die from cold. It depends on how many people I'm in charge of. 1,600. Oh, I probably would then stay on the ship too. It was just a few people be like, all oh, you fuckers figure it out. Uh, a lot of people need leadership. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, I feel another sneeze coming on. I apologize in advance. That's okay. Uh, Violet recounted the last seconds of the Britannic. Quote, she dipped her head a little, then a little lower and still lower. All the deck machinery fell into the sea like a child's toy. Then she took a fearful plunge, her stern rearing hundreds of feet into the air until with a final roar, she disappeared into the depths, the noise of her going resounding through the water with undreamt of violence, end quote. 
one fact I don't have in here, but I read uh, is that the Britannic was longer than the water was deep. So essentially its ass end was sticking out until it broke mm. in half. Um, it took the Britannic 55 minutes to completely sink. And within a few hours, uh, several ships had responded to the distress signal and rescued most of the survivors. In total, only 30 men lost their lives, while the other 1,000... Uh, 1,035 people on board survived the sinking. 30 jackasses that couldn't listen to orders. Mm -hmm. Uh, Violet continued to work for the White Star Lines um, before she eventually joined the Red Star Lines and then later returned to where she got her start on the Royal Mail Lines. While she was with the Red Star Lines, she would go on to travel around the world on two cruise ships or uh, travel around the world on cruise ships on two separate occasions. She ended up getting married in her late thirties, but it didn't last very long. And in 1950, she retired after 42 years on the sea. Damn. Yeah. In her later years, Violet claimed to have received a phone call one night and an unknown voice asked if she'd ever saved a baby the night on the, or asked if she had saved a baby the night of the Titanic. She replied, yes. And the voice went on to say, I was that baby, laughed, and hung up. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Violet's biographer and her friend, John Maxtone Graham, told her it was most likely just kids playing a joke on her. However, Violet swore that she had never told anyone the story of saving the baby other than when she told it to Graham for the first time for her memoirs. Records of the baby and the woman who snatched it away have been recovered, and the identity of the baby was Asad Thomas. Whether or not Thomas was the one who called, we'll never know, but Violet definitely seemed to believe so. It's also noted, I didn't put it in my notes, but I read it. The woman, they found out who she was too. Was not the mother. It was not the mother. It was not Fucking the mother. Fucking called that shit. But she returned him to the mother. Oh, okay. So. Not uh, nearly as dramatic. Yeah, not not as dramatic. Violet Jessup died in 1971 at the age of 83 from congestive heart failure. Damn, Violet. That was a hell of a life. <laughs> wow. The queen of sinking ships. But. I promised you guys a surprise. Yes. Some of y'all forgot. Y'all forgot, but she didn't. I, I can, didn't. I can see it in her <laughs> eyes. She's too smart for that. Here it is. If Violet Jessup is the queen of sinking ships, then Arthur John Priest is the king. Priest worked as a stoker in the bowels of steamships, making sure the fires that provided the ship's powers, power was tended to. Not that much is known about Priest, but he is confirmed as the only other person to have survived the same three shipwrecks as Violet Jessup. In fact, Priest survived one accident and five different sinkings at sea. The Olympic, which was rammed in 1911. The Titanic sank in 1915. RMS Alcantara, which was sank in 1916. The Britannic sank in 1916. 
the Dawn Eagle sank in 1917, and the Asturias sank in 1917. Damn, at some point, I, did, I would think I would need to change a career. After he retired, Priest claimed that no one wished to sail with him after all these disasters. <laughs> he died at the age of 49 from pneumonia. Oh, that's sad. So I really couldn't find any information on him at all. It sounds like he was carrying bad luck around with him. Bad juju, but so we got the king and queen of sinking ships. Interesting. So. All right. Um, well, Violet Jessup was uh, a topic that I had wanted to look into, um, as well as I know we've uh, we both have discussed about doing the actual uh, Titanic full on. Um, and then there's another famous passenger um, that I will probably do at some point. Okay. Well, that's part of the reason uh, I didn't do the Titanic as much as the other two on this because that leaves it wide open for maybe we'll give it a full hour. Yeah, it deserves so. a full hour. It does. It does. It, it's been on my list from the get-go, but another podcast did it, and I've been trying to let it breathe. Yeah. So on that note, we'll move right along. Trivia with Tyler. Yeah, you're probably going to hear that, but I was about to cough, so you're going to hear it either way. Um, all right, let's see here. Brenda Lee. Have you ever heard of her? Brenda Lee. Mm-hmm. No. Yes, you have. I have? Yeah. Best known for her... Best, best, <laughs> best known for her... Best known for her hit, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Oh. Brenda Lee had 47 U.S. chart hits during the 1960s, the most by a woman and surpassed only by Elvis Presley, The Beatles, and Ray Charles. Damn. So, next time you hear Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, know that she did a lot more than that. All right. Me too. Uh, where's my button? Final thoughts. Um, <coughs> adding a drop of water, I feel like made it better. It cut out some of that cherry flavor. It's not, it's not gone. Um, but it definitely cut it back a bit. And so with the water, it's, it's become more enjoyable. Um, without the water, I was kind of having to like force myself to continue drinking it. Um, cause it's, it was just so, so overpoweringly, um, artificial cherry flavor. Um, however, if you're the type of person that loves, um, chocolate, covered cherries or um, chocolate cherry anything, this probably would be uh, a whiskey for you. This is your your bourbon. How did you feel about Dr. Love? Dr. Love is a beer that my brewery did. It was a chocolate cherry. Uh, it was a cherry cordial sour. It disappointed me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I just couldn't. Just trying to figure out gauge your cherry. Yeah. 
It Cherry was, scale. I was not a fan. Okay. I mean, you're not. I enjoyed it, but it was too heavy for me. Yeah. Um, but okay. Just curious. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I put a drop in there and I've, because I've been presenting, it's been a lot of, uh, uh, I don't want to say shooting it cause I'm not meaning to, but quick drinks. Oh, excuse me. Um, it's not pleasant to shoot. I can definitely tell you that because yeah. I've accidentally shot it. Yeah. A lot of burn there. But um, as far as sipping, uh, you know, I've... it's It's been all right. Okay. Know? All right. That, that's fair. Um, definitely did not like shooting it. Um, I did that well, as well a couple times. Um, it was not very pleasant. I just had a little... That was uh, my second sip with the water, but the first actual sip, I actually shot it the first time on accident. Um, to me, it tastes like it just dulled everything except for the burn. It brought the brought the spice out in it. It brought the spice out, and it made it more bitter. I feel like it's more of a bitter taste now. Um, it brought out like the, the kind of barky, uh, woody taste, kind of like chomping into a piece of... Bark. Ooh, I get the vanilla. Ooh, that brought the vanilla out. It's on the back of the tongue. Yeah. Yeah, it's replacing that insane cherry. I, yeah. I like it better with a drop of water. 100% agree. Yeah. This is one definitely to enjoy with water. Yeah, or ice ball or ice cube or something. Yeah. Unless you are a huge cherry fan, in which case maybe you want to drink this straight. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, I think I forgot to mention this uh, early on. Um, this was given to us. And we're struggling. It's been several weeks since we got this. I'm pretty sure I know who gave this to us, but I don't want to say the wrong name. So yeah. I'm just going to say thank you to whoever... Gave this to us. Yes. Uh, we we appreciate donation. it. Thank we you. We love your, it. Yes. Thank you for the donation. I'm pretty sure I remember who it is, but I don't want to say the wrong name just in case I, I am wrong. Fair. Uh, we just uh, we've had so many so many whiskeys to do. So yeah. it's a good problem to have. It is. Thank you guys so much for donating all these. We've yes, it's been amazing. It um, has. We're actually we need to check on Flaviar too. Yeah, we do. We haven't done that in a hot minute. Yeah. I bet it's up. I bet it's ready to go. So we'll do that here as soon as we get done with this. And we've still got at least four in the cabinet in there. Plus, Flaviar will be another four. Damn. So that's a solid eight weeks, eight episodes. Um, you know, so. Hell yeah. All right. It's the time. What's the number? Um, Three. Woo. Nice round of three. Damn. Um, I was going to go a little bit higher. Like me, I was thinking like a three and a half, um, maybe a four, but the water droplet brought it up. The water enhanced it for sure. The water brought it up for me. So I'm going to give it a four and a half. Okay. I would, uh, I would do this with. With um, 
definitely a, a ice ball or some uh, some uh, stones. That's the word I'm looking for. So, um, all right. Well, guys, that's that's our show today. Unless we have anything else to do, we don't have any mailbag. Nobody emails us anymore. Sad face. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hopefully your back's still doing all right. Um. No, it hurts. Oh, sorry. You want something? Uh no. I'm gonna go home and um, drown in icy hot. Just don't drink it. No, not planning on drinking it. Okay. That sounds pretty awful. All right. Well. On that note. That being said, um, we will see you guys next week. If you're listening to this when it drops, have a very happy Thanksgiving if you are here in the U.S. Absolutely. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Eat some for me. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Um, and we will plan on uh, seeing you guys here next week. Thank you so much. We appreciate you guys. And don't drink and drive. Cheers. This is Burbis Burbis. <laughs>